Welcome back everyone to what's true for everybody. This is experience number 64 and we are continuing our seeing God in a pandemic series. And if you're just catching up, we've talked to a, a doctor in this series. We've talked to a high school senior. We've talked to a middle school teacher. We've talked to someone who survived COVID-19. We've talked to a pastor and today we have the privilege of talking to kindergarten teacher Kelsey Klinger. We are thrilled to have her with us. This has been a series where we've been talking to a variety of people uh, in a two-part conversation. The first part has been, how has this pandemic affected your life, your routine, your work? And then the second part is, in the midst of all that, how have you seen God? So Kelsey, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And before we go any further, I, I realize that I'm not sure when this will get posted, but it's, it's May 4th. We're recording it, which means it's, it's Teacher Appreciation Week. So happy Teacher Appreciation Week. Oh, thank you. That sign. is so sweet. Don't be fooled. Oh, this might look like my kids made it, but I actually wrote oh. this. So. <laughs> it's beautiful. Such good penmanship. I love it. Thank you. Happy Teacher Appreciation Week. Thank you. That's we such appreciate a you. surprise. Well, I appreciate you guys too. Thank you. So Kelsey Klinger, kindergarten teacher, she two years ago was our daughter's kindergarten teacher. This year, she's been our son's kindergarten teacher, and the, the school we're a part of is fantastic, wonderful teachers all over the place, and, and we lucked out with Kelsey as our teacher twice. A wonderful human being, has a fantastic family. Her husband is working right now, and in the realness of all of this stuff going on, she has two small kids at home. Um, eight and six. What What are the ages? Is that close? Yeah, eight and five and a half. Eight so and five and a half. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um. And so if we hear little voices in the background saying "mommy, mommy," that's all part of <laughs> that's all part of the gig here. So yes, it sure is real life. I mean, real life. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're going for it. Yeah. Um. So Kelsey, we're thrilled to have you. Tell us a little bit. Uh, tell us how long you've been teaching. And then a question I always like to ask is. You, it's one thing to decide you're going to be a teacher. It's another thing to decide what age you're going to teach. Um, how did you decide on kindergarten? Um, and then what do you like to do? What's your favorite thing to do when you're not teaching kindergarten students? Okay. Um, so I have been teaching for six years. Um, there was actually kind of a big break in there. I taught for three years and then I stayed home for five to have my kids and be with them at home, which is a time I would never regret. It was awesome to be able to be home with them, but I'm so happy to be back teaching now. Um, so this is my third year back since I came back after having my kids and five of those years have been in kindergarten and one year I actually did third grade. Um, so I do have a little bit of experience in that, but definitely mostly kindergarten. And so um, I asking why kindergarten, I honestly think I've always just liked the little ones. Um, I had an awesome student teaching experience with somebody um, in kindergarten. And so that really just ignited my passion for laying that foundation um, of loving school. And so, you know, for some of your kids, when they come in, they've never been to preschool you might be the first teacher they've ever had. And I just think there's something so, so special about that. 
I also just love the fact that they're full of joy. They want to come to school and they think you're a celebrity. <laughs> so it's probably good for my ego um, because they're always telling me that they love me or that I have pretty hair that day or that they like my necklace or, you know, they're just, they're so naturally kind and accepting and um, just so motivated to learn new things. I mean, at that point, in their development, that's all they're doing is learning something yeah. new every single day. And it's so powerful and inspiring to me. And they end up teaching me probably more than I teach them. So mm -hmm. that's kind of why kindergarten for me, I just, it's, it's what sets my heart on fire. And so if I never have to change grades, I will be fine with that. <laughs> I feel like that is my niche for sure. Well, you are great at it. Um, Thank you. Mm -hmm. And as far as what I like to do when I'm not teaching, I, I have such a great family, um, just a village, really. We're really lucky. My husband and I were both, were both born and raised here. And so our parents are here. Um, several of his siblings are here. And we just have a really great group of friends that are really more like family as well. And so I would say when I'm not busy teaching or doing things for teaching, it would just be being with my people. Um, they have helped teach me so many things and they've helped, you know, gather around me when I'm having a hard time or they celebrate with me when I'm doing something great. And I just think there's nothing better than having those people in your life. So definitely just time with people that I love. So Awesome. And your husband's a firefighter. He is. Yeah. Yep. Is today... Uh -huh. Did I see is today like National Firefighter Day or something? It is. is, it, is <laughs> yes, it is. It is a clinger celebration day. Oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> I didn't really realize that those fell on the same, I mean, fell at the same time, but evidently we well, should be having a party right now. <laughs> I know. I did not make him a sign. I apologize, but tell him. Oh, that's okay. National Firefighters Day. <laughs> I will tell him. Thank you. He'll appreciate that. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, what, what's, the, what's the biggest difference between teaching third grade and kindergarten? Oh, wow. Um, I'm sure there's a bunch, but what's there more? are a bunch. Um, I think when they hit third grade, um, the stakes feel higher. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, at least for me as a teacher, they really felt higher. Um, the kids are kind of expected to do a lot when they jump from second to third grade. It's kind of that bridge between, you know, primary and then intermediate. And so, um, but they're also capable of a lot. So um, you know, a lot of the things that I end up doing all day long in kindergarten, like helping zip jackets or tie shoes <laughs> or teaching them how to make a line and stay in a straight line or, you know, all of the, all of the things that we lay down a foundation for in kindergarten, you're not having to do those things in third grade. Mm -hmm. Um, but you're, you're having to spend your time doing other things. Um, you know, and, and just the capability of the third graders is amazing. Um, kindergartners are super capable too, just in a very different way. So yeah. I think just being able to have more mature conversations with third graders is a really cool opportunity. Um, but, you know, they are kind of getting towards that age of having maybe a little more of an attitude or, you know, not really wanting to be at school quite as much. And so, yeah. you know, the, the dynamic is just a little bit different between them. But, you know, I mean, I still, I, I love that I had the opportunity to teach third, but like I said before, if I am ever given a choice, it will always be kindergarten yeah. that I choose. So 
Awesome. Yeah. You, I, I just thought of this story when you were talking about why um, you teach kindergarten and you, you do this awesome thing. Um, the surprise reader or yes, the mystery, we reader. the mystery yes. reader. Sorry. <laughs> yes. I miss it. Yes. So, so was it, it was once a week. Was it on Fridays? Is that what it was? It was. Yeah. Okay. Every Friday. And yeah. so every Friday in um, Kelsey's class and a bunch of teachers did it. I don't know if every teacher did it. Um, uh, we were doing it in kindergarten In kindergarten. Okay. So yeah. So my other, my partners were doing it as well. Okay. So, so a parent comes in and is the reader um, and the kids know someone's coming in. They just don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. And so I was in, I think it was in January. It was like the beginning of the second semester or something. I don't even know if you do semesters, but sometime after Christmas yeah. break. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we were, do you know what I'm going to say? Um, uh, I don't think so. I'm a little nervous. I I was, no, no. I was say. reading, I brought a book in. I don't remember what the book was, but it was about um, these kids touring a factory. And I don't know if it was a, like a fly swatter factory in the book or whatever it was, but <laughs> I stopped. Fly guy book. Yes, fly guy. I stop and I'm like, I'm going to interact with the children here. (laughs) And I say, have you ever been to a factory to this class of, what do you have, 20, 21? 20. 20 kids. Yep. And my son is the first (laughs) one to shout out. And he goes, I've been to a beer factory. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember that? I do now. (laughs) I look over at Kelsey and her head's like on the desk just cracking up. See, but that's uh, the best part about kindergarten. They have no filter. They yeah. will say whatever. they will say whatever, and so I get to laugh every single day. My day is never the same two days in a row because of because of them and their personalities and just the awesome yeah. things that they bring. And you know, he probably didn't think twice about that. That oh, was no, sure didn't. You've been to a brewery before. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's awesome. Yes, uh, that's anyway. a good good time. Okay. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, you are not in the classroom right now. That is um, a big unfortunate thing, yeah. Yeah, so talk to us. Um, everyone's lost something in their own unique way. Teachers, especially you, knowing you and knowing your love for being in the classroom and being around the students, talk to us for work, your job, your vocation. What are some things that you've lost in all of this? Oh, man. Um. I mean, I think, well, there's a lot to this question, but I think one of the things that I've probably grieved the most, um, because I do think it's kind of a grieving process, is realizing that I won't get to celebrate the end of their kindergarten year with Mm. them. Um, That is just a really special time. It's a special time in their lives, and it's a special time for me every year because every class is uniquely different and special in its own way. And I think we work so hard all year long on everything that we do, social skills, you know, friendship and solving conflicts. And then of course, all the academics too. And the end of the year is where you finally start to see it click for pretty much everyone. And, and then we also just get to have fun together. You know, now we've spent a whole year together and we know each other well. And um, we've built this great classroom community and we get to celebrate and, and do fun things and, and have, you know, field day and, and um, our big kindergarten celebration where they sing songs and parents come and we get to celebrate the great things they did in kindergarten. And so it's just a really cool time um, that I feel like has been stripped away. And that has made me really sad 
um, to not be able to have that closure mm -hmm. with my class, my wonderful class that I had this year. And um, yeah, I, I, that's sad. That's been the saddest part is that I just want to be with my kids. I mean, I call them my kids. Yeah. I have my own kids at home, but those kids are my kids too. And you know, when you're a teacher, we really mean that we spend, you know, sometimes more time with the kids than their parents do mm -hmm. at some points in the year, you know? And so they're a really big part of our lives and um, it's, it's not the same to connect with them over a computer screen. It's not the same yeah. classroom together. So that's probably been the hardest part. I just want to be with my kids. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, a couple things. First, back to your celebrity comment. Um, <laughs> I told, I think it was yesterday, Parker, my kindergarten son, uh, that I was going to interview for this podcast. So his teacher, I like, interview Mrs. Klinger, his eyes get all big. He goes, what? Really? Oh, oh. <laughs> that's so awesome. It was awesome. I'm telling you, it's good for my ego. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe I'm that important, but they sure think I am. So that's really good for me. It's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing was yesterday, there was some neighborhood, neighborhood kids out riding bikes, beautiful day. Mm -hmm. One of our neighbors was wearing her fun run t-shirt from last year. Uh, this yeah. was an event in the spring where all the students are out. And I mean, there's, there's like a finish line blow up inflatable thing. There's music parents yeah. are around. They have these t-shirts and they get a mark on the back of their t-shirt every time they, they cross the finish line. And I don't know how many times you're supposed to go around or if it matters or if it's just time, but they have water stations. I mean, it's just, just a fantastic day and we don't get to do that. I know. Yep. And that's kind of one of those end of the year things that I'm yeah. talking about that we, you know, that's such a good one. And it's not just that we get to be outside and being active. I mean, seeing the kids cheer each other on when, you know, one of their classmates is tired or struggling or, or they're hot or they don't want to go on and just seeing the, the bonds that they've built and them, you know, building each other up during something like that. And it's also, you know, it's raising money for the school so that we can have cool things. And, you know, so I don't know, just that experience together. Yeah. We're missing those kinds of things, which is really hard. It doesn't feel like we got to wrap up the year like we normally yeah, would. Yeah. So, yeah. And you hard. mentioned, you mentioned the word grieve earlier. <clears throat> mm -hmm. um, and I remember it was the week after I think we, we couldn't go back to class anymore and you were calling all your students. And, um, I just hopped on the phone just to see like, how you doing? And mm -hmm. you mentioned that like a couple of students ago, you just like hung up and just started crying and you're like, I can't believe I do this. Um, I'm, I'm assuming there's a big grieving process in this for a lot of teachers. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? What do you do to grieve all of this? Or is it just like, this is what we're given and we got to make the best of it. And maybe once the year's over, I get to reflect a little more on it. I don't know. What has it been like for you? I honestly, the only way I can describe it is a roller coaster. I mean, hmm. the reason I use the word grieve is because I do feel like it's definitely been a process. I mean, it was very weird when we were leaving the school on March 13th, which was the day before spring break was to start. And we had kind of been hearing, you know, things here and there like, oh, you know, here this comes and whatever. But at that point, nobody really knew if it was, you know, a for sure thing or how, how mm -hmm. big of a deal it would be or whatever. But I remember talking to my teaching partners that day and thinking this feels eerie, like something like, like it just felt 
different to leave school that day and not really know what the future held. But I don't think any of us could have ever expected that this would be how the year would end. I mean, at that point, we just didn't know. I, yeah. we had no idea. And so, um, I think, you know, that was kind of the uncertainty piece and, and not really knowing and just kind of having to take things day by day and try to make decisions that were best for our families at that point and, you know, whatever. But then as we kept going, it was like, okay, now some decisions are being made and this is kind of what it's going to look like. And, oh, now we need to learn an entire new way of teaching. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and I'm very grateful to our district because they gave teachers time um, to learn what we needed to do and to not just jump right into it. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that. Um, but during that time, I mean, I was feeling angry and I was feeling sad and I was feeling, you know, all of those things that come with grieving. And I knew that it wasn't anything that I could control, which is hard for me. I am a <laughs> person who really likes to be in control. And so kind of just having to deal with, man, this is a lot of big feelings and mm -hmm. I have to figure out a way to keep going because I can't change it. Right. But, you know, being mad and sad and, and then at the same time, maybe being a little bit grateful that I get to be home with my own family, but then also some days that wasn't actually a positive thing <laughs> and, you know, just such a roller coaster of, wow, this is, this is such an unprecedented time that no one has ever had to experience before. So mm -hmm. there's not really any advice on how to, how to get through it, <laughs> you know? So just, yeah, I think trying to, trying to feel all of those emotions and know that there are a lot of things we can't change, but I also feel like as teachers, we are leaders in the community. And it's important for us to know that families and kids and our own families are maybe looking to us to be leaders in this. And mm -hmm. so I take that really seriously. And so even though it might've been hard at times where I'm crying and, and angry and whatever, I still have to step out of that and think, okay, what I'm doing is really important. And so we have to keep going and and do the best we can with what we've been given and try to stay connected and try to let my families know that I think about them often and that I care. And I've really just been concerned about everyone's well-being way more than academics during this time. I mean, that's really been my focus is that, you know, I don't know if my families really know how much I think about them all the time, mm. you know, and I, I want them to know that they're important yeah. to me, really important to me. Mm. Yeah. And I would agree with your, your assessment on being leaders. I mean, and I'll speak for myself in the community that we live in. Um, some of the people I respect the most are my kids, current and former teachers at, at our school. And um, I mean, I'm Facebook friends with them and, and we talk to our kids about them and mm -hmm. um, just been, just been wonderful. So, okay. You go home for spring break and you're like, uh, I don't know what's going on. I mean, I remember, um, when we talked to a, a young woman named Allie, a senior in high school, a teacher told her, like, when you go home for spring break, you might want to take all your stuff with you. Mm -hmm. And she's, and she said the same thing you did. I didn't know that we didn't know what was going on. When did you find out? Oh, we're not going back. That wasn't until after. So I'll be honest when we left um, school that day, my family packed up and we left for Breckenridge. 
because Mm. that was our plans for spring break. And so, um, with my parents. And so we went up there. My parents had actually been living up there in a condo that they had rented, um, for about four weeks, I think. And so they were already up there. So that sounds awesome, by the way. I know. (laughs) When all this isn't going on, that sounds awesome. So great. I know. (laughs) This was the first time they had done that. Um, They spend a lot of time in Breckenridge. They have a timeshare up there, but this was the first time they had decided to just go and and live for a while um, to see if they liked it. And so we were going to go up and join them. And so we packed up and, and we left thinking, okay, is this the right thing to do? You know, at that point, I think they were kind of trying to start to say like, maybe you shouldn't really go anywhere. And of course we were going up there to go skiing, which tons of people from all over the world come to go skiing. And this had already been hitting the world pretty hard, you know, the rest of the world pretty hard. And so it was kind of a hard decision to make, but we decided we would go up there and kind of, you know, figure it out from there. And we were only there for two days before they started shutting everything down up there. And so at that point, then it seemed like, wow, I, I just can't see us going back to school if they're shutting down ski areas and, you know, all of these other things. And so I can't really tell you the exact day that we all found out that we wouldn't be going back. Um, but I do know it was a little bit after that, okay. you know, but like we came home a couple of days later and from then on, we've been at home. We've, we've quarantined since then. So, you know, however... I guess today's the 4th of May. I mean, we've been in our house since May or March 16th. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, you know, so yeah. And it's pretty soon. I think somehow my wife knows these things um, where you go clean (laughs) clean out your classrooms, right? Yes. So we starting next week, um, we have to sign up for a slot um, because only a certain number of us can be in any wing of the school at a time. They're doing, they're trying to do things as safely as possible. So we will go into our classrooms and we will pack up all of our students' belongings um, into bags and go put them down next to a cone that has our name on it in the gym. And then families will sign up for a slot on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday to come and pick up their things in a safe way. And even thinking about that kind of makes me want to cry. Um, When I get to step foot in my classroom again, I just know that the flood is going to (laughs) come. I, I have missed my classroom so much and not, not the classroom itself, but um, walking into my empty classroom and knowing that it won't ever be filled with my kids from this year again is going to be a really hard pill to swallow when I physically get in there. So that's going to be difficult. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll pack up all their things and do that. And then the following week is when we have to sign up to go in to pack up our room for the summer. So, you know, we have to do that every year so that the, um, awesome custodians can come in and clean our, you know, deep clean our rooms, um, to get ready for the next year. And so we'll have to do that the following week. So this will be the first time we've been in the school since March 13th. It'll be very interesting. Yeah. We haven't been allowed back. So have you been in close contact with your, your teacher friends from our school? Yes. So that's actually something that has really gotten me through this. Um, I have the best teaching partners in the whole world. (laughs) I really, I'm not just saying that they are good friends of mine and I feel like we work so well together and we have, you know, definitely been close with 
planning for every week of our, you know, online learning boards that are going out. And sometimes we just find ourselves sitting there talking for a long time and it has nothing to do with planning for the next week. It just has to do with connecting and being together, which I'm just so grateful for the staff, um, not just my teaching partners, but for our principal and for our other staff members. Um, we just have a really cool connection at our school. And I think that's why I love teaching there so very much. Um, I don't know that every school has the, the opportunity to be so close with each other. And so I don't, I don't yeah. want to take that for granted. They're yeah. wonderful. Yeah, I'm quite certain every school doesn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have that right. I, I know. I, you're right. They don't. And so, um, you know, just to know that they're part of my village too, right? Yeah. And and we're all concerned about how each other's doing. And we definitely keep in close contact all the time. And um, that's been a saving grace as well, for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, we will be, what's the date you're going into your classroom, did you say? I, we haven't signed up yet, but okay, probably either May 11th or 12th, Monday or Tuesday is when we'll go in to start packing up student belongings. So a week so, from now. Okay. Yep. We'll be thinking yep. about you during. Thank you. you know, I appreciate that. Yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It'll be an interesting thing. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's switch gears here for a okay. moment. Um, you mentioned you have to learn, you had to learn an entirely new way of, of teaching. So I'm guessing there was no like blueprint for this and there's not like time to figure it out. It's just like, here you go. This starts right. This starts right yeah. now. <laughs> That's kind of how it felt. I will say our district was wonderful and they did give teachers a week um, instead of just throwing us right into it. I mean, they kind of extended our spring break so that they could figure some stuff out, you know, up up at the top, I guess you could say. And then it kind of trickled down to us. And then we did have a good week to, you know, do some planning and stuff. But I mean, that was a very time intensive week trying to figure out how to be an online teacher. And really my partners and I thinking online kindergarten, can that even be a thing? I, you know, Things that we do in kindergarten, a lot of the time don't have anything to do with academics. So, um, yeah, Academics are super important, but so much of kindergarten has to do with teaching them how to be independent, um, teaching them how to solve a conflict if they're having one with a friend, uh, you know, social skills, um, taking turns, all of those kinds of things that are so important for them to continue on in school. And those are things you just can't really practice when you're on a computer with mm -hmm. them. And so we were really concerned about what online kindergarten would look like um, weeks and weeks ago. You know, now I think we've done the best we can to um, provide resources for parents and families trying to do this at home. Um, I've been so happy that the families have partnered with me and they're working so hard and being such huge risk takers because for a lot of people, teaching would be like the last job that they would ever want. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you think about it, there are people who would just never, ever choose to be a teacher. And personally even I've though seen, I'm a I've seen a lot of memes teacher. about it on Facebook uh, yes <laughs> yes yeah it's kind of a theme I would say and the funny thing is I'm a certified teacher and I'm actually not really enjoying teaching my own children that much uh -huh. that's interesting <laughs> so um I, I shouldn't say not enjoying it but it's not the same it's not the no, same yeah. to your own kids in your home environment because yeah. there's no separation between home and school and I think generally speaking home is the place where you can relax. 
and not have to have those rigorous academic expectations. And so that line has been blurred now for all of us. And I think that's been difficult for my kids and for myself and trying to figure out, okay, you know, I, I need to be in meetings right now, so I can't be doing school with you. Are there things you can be doing on your own or are they not really things you can do on your own? But I mean, I have a kindergartner myself. And so a lot of the things, you know, you just kind of need an adult. They, they, they don't know how to do a ton of things on their own <laughs> right yeah. now. And yeah. so um, trying to find that balance, has I, I still haven't found it. Let's just say that. And we're on week <laughs> whatever. I, you know, I don't even know what date. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, just, um, yeah, it's been hard. And I, okay, I say that's interesting. You're a certified teacher and, and you haven't really fallen in love with teaching your own kids at home. I think that can be a really, really freeing insight for parents who are home with their kids right now. Yeah. So I think there's a pressure for a lot of people and this expectation of I should be good at this and I should like it. And mm -hmm. neither one of these are true right now. So yeah. am I a bad parent? Am I a bad person? Right. What's going on? Yeah. When, when none of that is true. Um, totally. So totally. I think, I think that, that statement is huge for people to know. So yeah. thank you for, for saying that. I was, yeah. um, outside mowing my lawn earlier and, um, we have a family across the street, two kids, um, in, at Coyote and mm -hmm. the mom was outside and Corey, my wife and kids were, were in here, um, doing school or, you know, the best that they could. Right. And our neighbor said to me, um, you know, are your kids diligently doing school right now or however she ordered it? And my response was, you know, I don't know if diligently should, is a fair expectation for any of them. <laughs> for oh, anyone. I, I agree. And, and yeah. she agreed too. And she's, she's an educator and she okay. is right on board with all that. Um, yeah. But it's just, it's, it's a different time. And to your point, um, like one of the things we talked about was how me and my neighbor, like this is this is more than just schooling right now. You're learning, this is life school, you know, this right. is going through a, a worldwide crisis. Right. This is figuring out how to have family time and yeah. being together and staying in and, and doing, doing all of that. And so mm -hmm. parents out there, um, you heard it here. It's okay. If <laughs> you're not falling in love with teaching your kids at home. And if you don't think you're, you're great at it. Yeah. Um, I suppose it doesn't mean we, we don't try, but grace. what's that? So much grace. Grace. Yes. <laughs> so much grace for ourselves. So much grace for our kids trying to understand that this is not normal for them. I think at the beginning I kept thinking, is this how you act at school? <laughs> you know, like when they would fight me on doing something or whatever. And I just think you would never say this to your teacher. But then I also thought, well, I'm not your teacher. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. And, and this also isn't, it's not just a transition to homeschooling. I mean, this is crisis emergency schooling, right? Mm -hmm. Where all of us were thrown into it and it wasn't anybody's choice. Mm -hmm. um, or I fault. Never, no, nope, not at all. And I never, I never wanted to be an online teacher. You no. know, I, the whole reason I wanted to be a teacher is to be in a classroom with the kids. And so, you know, same with the kids they didn't ask to have to do online school and, and they're also being thrown into it too. And same with the parents, they didn't mm -hmm. ask to homeschool their kids. That's not the choice that they had made originally. And so I think just so much grace and knowing that as long as you're doing the best you can, that's all anyone can really ask 
right now. And I've had days where we don't do a lot of school. And if my kids are getting along and they're playing imaginatively, they're learning Mm -hmm. in a different way. Mm -hmm. And that's okay with me. Or if we spend the whole day outside and because we just needed some sunshine, that's also okay with me. I think that our well-being and being mindful of what we need in this time is a lot more important than trying to check off every single assignment. And so that's just been, you know, that's kind of been our view from the very beginning is that we just really want everyone to be okay. And when it's time to go back to school and the kids get to be with their teachers again, we'll get them caught up. That's the point. Like that's what we do and, and we'll get them to where they need to be. And this isn't just our school or our district. I mean, this is across the world. So people being worried about their kids being behind, I get that. I'm Mm -hmm. a parent too. But at the same time, I think this is one of those things where we're all going to have to come together and figure it out. And we will, because that's what we do. But what we really need from parents is to love on their kids and make sure that they get through this okay so that they're ready to learn when they come back to school. Yeah. Yeah. That's well said. That's well said. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Okay. Let's talk about Zoom for a second. Um, Yes. (laughs) Zoom is like the next best thing that we have right now, right? It so is. we're not in the classroom. Um, the alternative to having Zoom is to not having Zoom, which would be worse than having Zoom. And what I've experienced for myself and, and heard from a bunch of other people is like, there are some moments where we love it and there are some moments where it's ticking us off. Or <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. From a teacher's perspective, what's the best part of, of Zoom or whatever platform people are using to, yeah. to talk face-to-face on the internet? Yeah. Um, so the best part and like the part that irritates you the most? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's see. Well, I'm, not, I'm thinking about whether I want to say it or not. Um, it, the best part <laughs> is that as a teacher, I can mute all of my kids. <laughs> <laughs> And don't take that the wrong way. But when they are all trying to talk to me at the same time, and they don't realize that like on the computer, that's just not going to work because like no one can hear like when they're all talking. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just being able to hit that button and say mute all just so that I can get out what I need to get out. And then they can <laughs> by one unmute themselves. But you know, uh, that's just, it's a nice feature. Let's just mm-hmm. <laughs> say that. Um, I like it, you know, and also just that I get to see their face. I mean, if, if this was not possible and we just had to talk on the phone or, um, only, only, you know, for goodness sakes, write letters to each other or something Mm -hmm. like that. I mean, there would just be that connection would be completely lost. I think at least this kind of keeps it stringing along, although it's hard to feel connected over a computer screen. I mean, it's not the same as being in the room with somebody, Um, you know, but I do think to your point, I'm grateful for it Mm -hmm. because it is all we have and it's better than nothing at this point. Yeah. And I wonder, not necessarily in your class, but, but somewhere, somewhere in some school, some student, like the zoom connection with their teacher is like what they have for the day. Yeah. That might be it. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. And I mean, I, I understand that, you know, I mean, if you're having a hard time being at home and maybe, maybe you're an only child or maybe, you know, so 
So the connection that you have to other kids your age or something like that, um, the only opportunity you have is to get on a class meeting and see the, the faces that were in your class. And, you know, hopefully that gives you some resemblance of a, a connection, you know, even though it's not the same. I mean, I agree. I think that some of the kids really, really look forward to it. I think yeah. that there's other kids who it might be even harder for. Um, kind of a funny thing but like when I've driven by to see my parents or whatever because we haven't been spending time with them either um you know we'll we'll go in their driveway and we'll all stay in the car and they'll come out on their porch and we'll talk to them and wave at them and stuff but driving away um almost feels worse after mm -hmm. that and I think it's because I just wish so badly that I could jump out of that car and go hug two of the people that I love the most in the yeah. whole world and yeah. so for some of those kids who really, really love school and hopefully that's all of them. But, you know, for those that really need that connection to our classroom community and things like that, I often wonder if seeing everyone on a computer screen almost makes it hurt sometimes no. because they know that, that it's like so close yet so far away. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, mean, I haven't I thought about it like that. I don't, I don't know if that's true for anyone. Um, and maybe not at this young age, maybe, maybe more for the older kids or something like that who might see it that way. But hopefully, hopefully it's more of a connection and not more of a, oh man, this is hard. Yeah. <laughs> this is hard that we can't actually see each other in person, you know, yeah. Yeah. But, but definitely grateful for it. Good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, do you have anything that you want to talk about Zoom aggravating you or should we just stick with being grateful and move on? Um, I've actually, so we aren't using zoom. We're using Google meets Google and, meets, okay. um, I've actually been pretty impressed. I haven't had too many technological issues. Thank goodness. Um, knock on wood. We still have a couple weeks to go. <laughs> um, but for the most part, I think it's been pretty good. Um, I, I'm not a super technological person. And so if problems do arise, I'm usually not the person who can fix them. <laughs> so I guess I've just been grateful that I haven't had too many issues. Um, I seem to have been able to help people when they need help and um, it's been fairly smooth. So I think it's been okay. Good. Good. Yeah. Um, a, a parent confession here when <laughs> I'm down here working and either my son or my daughter's upstairs on the computer with the class, and I hear the teacher, either you or my daughter's teacher, say their name for their turn to go. I will just stop whatever I'm doing and get as close as I can just to listen to what <laughs> they're telling the class because it's about the cutest thing ever. I, I love, know. I love listening to it. I do the same thing with <laughs> my kids. Okay. I do. I want to be right there to like know what they're saying. Yep, I know. Yep. And I know, and it's yep. not to like check up on them, but I, I also no, know yeah. if like at dinner, what did you tell your class today? the answer is going to be, I don't know, unless I like right. bring up, Oh, I heard like, yeah. Did you have one today? You had one today, right? Not today. That... We have one tomorrow. You so tomorrow. we would have had okay. one on Friday. Yeah. Okay. Friday. Um, yeah. did my son tell you that he was going to camp in the backyard? Did he did. He... Okay. Yeah. So I, I did hear that. Um, so things like that. So just so I can know yes. what, what they're saying. Yeah. And it's just and fun it's to hear great. their cute little voices talking to the rest totally. of Totally. I know. It totally is. And that's been the greatest thing is that, you know, there are some things that are happening. You know, someone got a pet hamster or someone, <laughs> you know, got a puppy or whatever. And it's like they get to share that on the video to everybody. And so, you know, in some ways that's even better than being in class because no one would be able to see your pet, you know, mm, if we were go. in the classroom. 
So that can be a positive too. We can kind of get a glimpse into, you know, do a little bit more of a show and tell without having to bring something to school. So that's kind of cool. Nice. Okay. Yeah. A couple more questions here, then we'll, we'll go to part two of this conversation. Um, okay. What is something that you won't take for granted when all of this is over when it comes to teaching? What is something that maybe you didn't like not look forward to, but it was just part of your job and you never maybe appreciate it a ton. And now it's like, man, I'd give anything to be able to do that today. Yeah. That's a good thing to think about. Um, probably just, you know, the routine of getting up in the morning and getting ready and getting to school. Mm. And, um, I'm not a morning person, so that's never been like an easy thing for me. But at this point, I would do anything to get up early in the morning and go be in my classroom with my kids. Yeah. So, you know, just perspective on that, that I get to do a job that I really love. And um, I don't think I take that job for granted, but I think, you know, kind of sometimes being like, oh man, I got to get up and go and, you know, do the same thing and whatever. And although the day is different, I mean, our schedule is kind of the same and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And so, you know, just sometimes that monotony can kind of get to me a little bit and I don't think I'll take that for granted yeah. anymore. I, I really miss just the, you know, what to expect and what we're going to do each day. And, and I think my kids miss that too, my own kids. Um, you know, things are kind of loosey goosey when you're at home all the time and we don't really have a much of a set bedtime or a set wake up time unless we need to wake up and do something. And so I don't know, just that kind of craving a routine again, a little bit more. Yeah. When you, at some point, when you, when you're doing something that a you're passionate about and B you're gifted at, at some point you realize the grind of it all is actually a blessing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's and I also just think like, Something I miss too is just the, the in-person collaboration with my colleagues. Mm. Um, like I said before, they're just such wonderful people and being in like a staff meeting with them or whatever. I mean, I think it's more uplifting than I realize when we're sitting through a staff meeting. You know, I, it's, those are people that have the same values and the same goals um, that I do. And so to be in a room full of them and know that we're all in it together, that's, there's something really powerful about that. And so I miss that, you know, and on like a virtual staff meeting is, is not the same. <laughs> it's just not, you know, I mean, people, you know, people aren't all sitting in the same room and, and they might be distracted or they might not really want to talk on the computer or whatever. And so you don't have the same conversation or the same, you know, just kind of the camaraderie or whatever. Like it just doesn't feel the same when you're doing it yeah. virtually. So yeah. I'm, I'm not sure I ever would have said that I miss meetings, but I think I do. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no substitute for the flesh and blood interaction. It's true. And I would have never really, really realized that, I guess, until all of this happened and we couldn't really be around other people. I mean, I've always enjoyed hugging people or, you know, being around them to talk to them, but I just don't know that I could ever take that for granted ever again. I mean, I miss physically touching someone. I miss physically hugging someone or, or being beside them or giving them a high five in the hallway or what I, you know, like just those things that I would have never thought I had to, to not do. And right. now that I can't, it just feels very strange and I miss it. 
probably more than I even thought I would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, you, you are coming at this from two different sides. You're a teacher and you're a parent of young children. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, how do you do it? <laughs> number two, how is this all this, how has all of this helped you appreciate the parents of your students in a new way? Yeah. Um, I'll be really honest. You asked me how I do it. And sometimes I just don't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know if that's true, but I think just going back to the whole giving myself grace thing um, at the beginning of this, I think I was putting a lot of pressure on myself because I thought, well, I'm a teacher at their school and I'm also their mom. So I'm going to need to prove right that I can do a really good job of this, (laughs) you know, and that's just kind of in my personality too. I like to do well and I like to be good at things and I wasn't very good at it and I still don't know if I'm great at it. Um, we're working on it. We're trying to find different ways to make it work for us, but, um, I've had to kind of change my expectations knowing that my own kids are not the same as the kids in my classroom. And so what I might ask of the kids in my classroom is maybe not how I could ask it to my own kids. Um, I just, I think trying to be flexible and trying to kind of go with their motivation has helped me a little bit um, rather than kind of forcing what I want to do when I want to do it, kind of giving them more of a voice and a choice um, has helped kind of for them to take ownership of their own learning and know, okay, I need to do these things, but you know, I'm going to choose what I'm going to do today or, or, you know, something like that. I think that's helped them a little bit to not, not be told by mom all the time what they have to be doing. (laughs) (laughs) Again, there comes the control. I just want to be in control all the time. Um, you know, but I, I won't say it's not hard. It is hard. Um, especially like you said before, my husband being a firefighter, he works 48 hours at a time. Mm. And so, um, you know, right now he's on his 48 hour shift. He worked yesterday and and today and he'll come home tomorrow morning. And on the days when he's not here to kind of be backup when I need to be on the teacher side of things, um, my kids have had to kind of learn to fend for themselves a little bit. And sometimes I have a lot of mom guilt about that. But sometimes I also think, you know, it's good for them to have that time to kind of free play and figure out what they're going to do. And they've figured out that they're each other's only playmate. And so that's a really positive thing that's come out of this is that my kids that generally fight quite a bit of the time have actually been really cordial to each other. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> and I think they might actually like each other. <laughs> <laughs> which is great because there've been times where I'm not so sure if that's true. Um, but you know, that's been good too. So they're kind of, you know, learning how to entertain each other while I need to be in a meeting or, or things like that. And so the longer this has gone on, the more we've kind of figured out like, okay, you know, this is a time when mom needs to be a teacher. This is a time when mom can be a mom and we're just doing totally fun stuff and it has nothing to do with school. And then there's also a time where, we have to do school with mom and that's probably not their choice, but it is what it is. And, you know, so, um, I don't know, it's, it's hard, but I do feel like some days we're on top of it. (laughs) Some days, not so much, but that's That's the roller coaster part of things. That's all part of it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And as far as like 
like you said, what, you know, how am I appreciating parents? Um, I just think it, it's a lot of work to be a parent in general. Mm-hmm. And then to, you know, just to remember all of the different situations that people are in. So maybe a parent has lost a job. And so that's really stressful. And, you know, their ability to handle that stress is probably affecting their children. Right. And so then, you know, our expectations of them trying to do school with their child or whatever, you know, that might not be super feasible. Right. So I just am appreciating that parents are doing the best they can. And if that means that they're able to get everything done that we're, you know, handing out every week, then that's great. And if not, I can appreciate that they're doing what they can in any way that they can. And Mm -hmm. so I think parents are working hard. They've been thrown into this just like all the rest of us, you know, and I am one of them. (laughs) And so, um, you know, just, uh, they're being risk takers. I think, like I said before, I mean, some people would never dream of trying to teach someone else how to do something, let alone their own kid, let alone things that they don't really know a lot about, or maybe it's not the way that they had learned it. So now they're trying to figure out how the teacher has taught their kid how to do it. And it's not the way that they know how to do it, you know, that kind of stuff. And so I think I just appreciate their flexibility. I appreciate their feedback. Um, because, you know, as teachers, we are trying to do the best we can, but if we don't know how things are going in people's homes, then we don't know how to kind of gauge what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I guess I just am appreciating the fact that they're taking on a job, possibly a second job, <laughs> you know, if they're trying to work from home or, or still trying to work outside of the home, and then they're also being expected to be their kid's teacher. Um, and then throw into that, that some people have three, four, five, six kids or, you know, whatever. I mean, multiply all of that work by however many kids and, and you've got a pretty tough situation. (laughs) I just appreciate that they are trying to hang in there and and do what they can. Yeah. 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 That's good. That's good. Okay. How in the midst of all this, your job kind of got flipped upside down, your family life kind of got flipped upside down, the world kind of got flipped upside down. In all of it, how have you seen God? How are you seeing God? So what has God up to in your life? What, have you, what do you see him doing in the world and, and schools and, and your, your teacher um, friends or whatever it is? How have you seen God in the midst of this? Yeah, I've, I feel like I keep coming, coming back to this control thing. <laughs> but I do actually think that it is something that you know, God kind of wants to work on me with, um, which oddly enough, it's probably not that odd. Um, I had a friend text me the other day and ask if I wanted to be in a Bible study and the book is actually called control girl. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so I thought, you know so you, what? So you said, uh, no, thank you. That, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I actually am going to do it. And I think it's going to be really, really needed and really good. But, um, in a situation where I really just have no control, um, I have struggled with that. And I've struggled with wanting to be in control all my life. It's just something as a type A personality, I really like to have everything go the way I want it to or go the way I plan. And obviously, that's 
not really what God wants. <laughs> um, you know, it's not up to me. It's not about me. And so, um, I do see that, that he is kind of trying to teach me some of those lessons that, you know, it's okay to let go of that control and it's okay to, to put, you know, my fears and my anxieties, um, in his hands so that he can take care of us because that's what he wants to do. He's a loving God. And, um, and so I don't, I'm not always great at remembering that, but I do think he keeps trying to remind me, um, you know, and just that, that, uh, people, so many people in our village that I keep talking about have just totally, um, been helpful in different ways. I mean, you know, when we couldn't find something at the grocery store, so-and-so found out we were looking for it and they left it on our doorstep or whatever, you know, things like that, just little things that I just see Jesus's light is just shining through these people, through little things that they're doing. And, and people are helping people they don't even know, you know, and just seeing that is just so encouraging. And I think what the school district has done with passing out meals and, and mm. having technology available for, you know, families that need it in order to do homeschooling and things like that. Um, those are all just things of, I don't know, I think just God having people come together in a crisis and serving others, you know, I just, there's so many little things like that, big and little things, I guess, but um, just people giving to each other and supporting one another and just being there more, you know, and maybe in, in real life or whatever we would call it, we don't have time for that or we yeah. don't, you know, or we think we don't have time for that kind of stuff, but it's amazing what a tiny gesture can do for somebody. Um, and just really remembering that, you know, it's important and it's, it's, it's really important to be taking care of each other, not just in a time like this, but all the time, yeah. you know, just good reminders of things like that. Um, I've been fearful and I've been anxious during these times again, because of the control, <laughs> lack of control, <laughs> um, you know, to the point where I've worked myself up into a panic. And the only thing that really brings me out of that is, kind of praying to God that he would calm my fears because nothing else is taking those away. And so just, I think relying more on him, um, just seeing that he is trying to work on these things in my life and, and trying to get me to see that I have so many things to be grateful for. And, um, so many people that are there for me and, and knowing that he really ultimately is there for me and holds this whole situation in his hands. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. A, a couple of things. One, I think <clears throat> to your point, times like these, they can, they can and do sometimes bring out the worst in humanity, but then mm -hmm. oftentimes bring out the best in humanity. Mm -hmm. Kind of like Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> and, yes. Good analogy. Uh, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm with you. I see people, whatever it is, slowing down enough or, or, having eyes on other people more or whatever it is, seeing other people's needs. And here I have, we got an avocado from a neighbor the other day. You know, mm -hmm. if I have two avocados and I'm, I know you're looking for one here, have one. Yeah. 
Right. A month, two months ago, if I had two avocados and you didn't have any, I'd probably say go to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's so true though. Yeah. Yeah. It's, just, it's so it's, true. It's just different now. And then the other part that you touched on is um, the thing that's hardest for a lot of people is the un- just the uncertainty. You know, like if I'm in pain and it hurts and I know that in seven days this pain's going to end, I can deal a lot better with that. Oh, but yeah. if, if I don't know when it's going to end or if it's going to end, um, I'm not suggesting this situation is never going to end, but the right. uncertainty of it all is. Well, not knowing yeah. when it will. I mean, right. we don't know when it will be over yeah. or, or if things will ever go back to the way they used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I've heard a lot of people talk that the world is probably forever changed somehow after this, you know, and hopefully some of those changes are for the good. Right. Yeah. Um, in some ways I hope it is changed. And yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, hopefully just on a personal level, I hope that I make some changes that I'm able to continue after this whole thing is over, you know, just knowing what my priorities are mm-hmm. and, um, trusting God. Like I said, you know, that's not something I've ever been real strong at, but during something like this, if I can kind of build that strength in that area, I would love to keep that, you know, I mean, relying yeah. on him for everything, not just right. in a hard time. You right. Know? There are points when you realize I have nowhere else to turn. Right. <laughs> so sometimes you're forced. Right. But what if I learned even if I did have somewhere else to turn, I still turn towards. Yes, <laughs> towards exactly. God. No, that's such a good point. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. Okay. You mentioned, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you another question here that I didn't tell yeah. you I was going to, I was going to ask you. Um, oh, good. You mentioned that part of the, the hardest part of this is you don't get to celebrate the end of the year like you normally do. Um, this is a weird, different, jacked up kind of year. You go yeah. clean out your classroom in a week and it's going to be like, unlike any other time you've cleaned out a, a classroom and, oh, yeah. and, you know, six years of teaching or whatever. Um, yeah. What is one thing given all this that you can celebrate for the last six weeks? Does that question make sense? Yeah. Like kind of what, what good can. Yeah. Like how can you still what, celebrate? Like, like we know, we know this isn't going to be like normal fun run right. end of the year celebrations, right. you know, yeah. all that kind of, right. I, you know, I don't get to come in and, you know, do the, the, the conference this semester and have right. my son show me what he's done this year, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a good question for me to think about as a parent too. What's one thing given these last six weeks that you can still celebrate the end of this year? or be grateful for at the end of this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is that before all this happened, it's just, it's been a great year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think we can celebrate all the time that we did get with each other. You know, I mean, um, my teaching partners and I have talked that, You know, it's interesting that this happened when it did only because, you know, if it had happened in the fall or, you know, at the beginning of the year or something like that, where we didn't know our kids yet, they didn't know each other, um, things like that. You know, I've been really grateful that we already have a bond with each other. And I think that 
we can still celebrate with each other virtually or however best we want to do it. You know, we're going to put together a video of all of their reflections of kindergarten, whether they, you know, took a picture with what they wrote or say a little video or whatever, but Mm. You know, hopefully they can look through that and see all their their buddies that they made in kindergarten and, um, you know, think about all of the things that were meaningful to them. And what I really hope is that even though this is definitely a historical thing that we're living through, I hope that my kids are still able to remember the awesome times we were able to have before all this happened. And I hope they always know that I'm here for them, even though we didn't get to close out the year together. And I, I will always want to be a special part of their life, no matter what, no matter if we got to do all the fun things at the end or not. Um, you know, but I think I'm the one thing I can be grateful for is that we do already have that really important bond. And so if we have to celebrate virtually, then at least we already know each other and we, we can, celebrate knowing that everyone is happy for everyone and that we respect and care for each other. And, um, you know, it's not the same as it would have been. And that stinks, but at the same time, you know, we can be grateful for the time that we did have together and that we were able to be together for as long as we could be. And that that's, that's a blessing that we got to have the awesome year that we did. I think. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I remember great moments from this year in your classroom. I mean, A, teaching all your kids what a beer factory is. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Um, Valentine's Day party, just sitting on the floor with my son in your classroom and watching him go around and go say thank you to each person that gave him a Valentine or yeah. a piece of candy or whatever it was. I mean, yeah, I think those kids, they're not going to forget any of that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I would hope. I mean, seriously, my group of kids this year, I mean, such a good class. I just can't say enough about them. I mean, I've been really lucky to have wonderful classes every year that I've taught. I really, I mean, I think I say it every year, but I just think these kids just um, felt extra compassionate. Um, They felt extra kind and inclusive and, um, empathetic. I don't know all these things. Like, I think it's just the group of kids. They just felt really, really connected Mm. to me this year. And I think I'm grateful for that because in a time where we are now struggling to connect, I'm hoping that we still can a little bit because of who they are. You know, that's a strength that I think tons of them have. And it just made for a really cool group of kids, you know, all together. Yeah. And we'll move on after this, but just, just to make this point, um, the work that you've done, I mean, it's like a, it's a baseline because these students are going to be friends for a long, long time. I mean, my mm-hmm. son zooms on a pretty regular basis with several boys from your class Good. Mostly yeah. just yelling their names <laughs> at the top of their voices at each other. But, um, <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they love each other. Yeah, and, they do. They yeah. do. There is that group of boys that just really, they do. They have a connection. They love each other. It's true. Uh, okay, you ready for the final question? Yes. Here we go. Yeah. There is this passage in Philippians where this dude Paul is writing to a church in Philippi, and he starts talking about contentment. And he says, "By the way, he's in prison." He says, "I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. 
I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. So this word content here, it means to be in a state of peacefulness, a state of satisfaction. So Paul's saying, look, I've learned how to be content when I'm teaching in my classroom and everything is going as it was designed to be. And I've learned to be content when I am trying to figure out how to be an online teacher in less than a week. Um, And all of it, I can be at peace. I can be satisfied. I can be content. How have you in the last six weeks or so um, been learning or learned to at least start to learn to be content at peace, satisfied? Yeah, I love this question. And I love that passage that you just read. Um, I, I think in general, I'm a pretty grateful person, but I think during this time, I have really had the time to be super mindful of all of the things that I've been blessed with. And, um, we just have so much to be grateful for, um, at our home. I mean, uh, we have each other and we have a beautiful house that we get to spend time in. And, um, we have, you know, books to read and, uh, toys to play with and all of these things. And, you know, a lot of basic needs too. We have food to eat and things like that. And I mean, I would say I'm grateful for those things normally, but I think just realizing that, that we have a really good life. <laughs> we do. We have a really good life. And the fact that we have been quarantined in our house with each other and we're actually really enjoying it mm. is a huge blessing <laughs> to me. You know, we wouldn't be getting this time with each other um, if we were, you know, if I was teaching and the kids were in school and Alex is, you know, working his normal shifts and things like that. But we've gotten this awesome time to be together and, um, we get to eat every meal together, which doesn't normally happen. And we're praying before every meal. And my kids who used to kind of be not so, you know, happy about the fact that I would ask them to pray or whatever, maybe they would just say, no, I don't want to are now really praying out loud. And the things that they say just are so great. They just say, thank you for this great world that we live in. And thank you for mommy and daddy. And, and, you know, and they pray for their sibling and whatever. And just the things they're praying about, they're not saying, you know, thank you for my toys and thank you for my, you know, whatever it is. It's they're, they're praying about the things that really matter. And I think this has taught all of us to be content in that way. Like we can be at peace because we have each other and we have this great life that we live and now we actually have the time to realize that Mm. it's really great. (laughs) You know, we're not running off to another activity or having to be here or there or whatever. It's, it's given us the time to just sit and think, wow, this is, this is great. We live in a beautiful place. Um, I mean, look West and you can see that we are so blessed with our view (laughs) (laughs) and, um, you know, it's calming to me that we just have so many wonderful things and wonderful people in our life that, that make it good. And, um, the one last thing I want to share is that my son was putting together a time capsule. And one of the questions on one of the sheets was, what have you learned the most from this experience? And he said, I've learned that we can be happy even when things are hard. 
And I mm. just thought, wow, that's pretty profound for an eight-year-old. And it's good for me to remember because there are hardships in life and God never promised that there wouldn't be, but we can still be happy and we can yeah. still be grateful. And like you said, content in yeah. those moments, um, even when it's hard, because we really do just, we, we have everything we need. Yeah. I mean, your son just basically summed up this entire series that we're doing in that one, in that one line. Um, who, by the way, um, your son, I have the utmost respect for, uh, for a lot of reasons. One of which is he wears shorts, no matter what the weather is outside. (laughs) And so he and I, uh, he's like, He's my brother. Kindred spirits. <laughs> you yeah. mean that doesn't make you think I'm a bad mom? <laughs> no, no. Uh, the opposite. That's what I think it <laughs> looks like to other people. <laughs> no, nope, that's that's uh, one of my litmus tests of a great parent is oh, that's awesome. shorts when oh, it's, good. That's when it's good 10 degrees outside. <laughs> good to know. Yes. Well, Kelsey Klinger, thank you so much for being with us. It was a joy to have you. Um, happy teacher appreciation thank you <laughs> thank you. you so much happy national firefighters day to your husband who is an absolute I love stud him. yes thank please you. do yes. um so thanks He's for joining high, us yeah, okay awesome awesome <laughs> uh this has been experience number 64 seeing god in a pandemic with kindergarten teacher kelsey Klinger. this has been what's true for everybody stay safe my friends stay healthy stay, stay content and we will talk to you next time much love